into the world of digital sound. Oh my God, welcome, welcome to the Ken Burton Show podcast story. Um, for this, the 24th actually is when this will go up. It's the Sunday podcast, so I call it the 24th. Of course it's not, of course today is Friday and you guys who are clever enough to get it before Friday, before Sunday, are obviously getting it from the website, and I thank you for it. Very kind of you to do so. So, um, a lot of things been happening this week. Christ, a lot of things going on as well. As I'm speaking to you now, there is this uh, story breaking in Oslo, and uh, fuck, man, that's just that's just outrageous. I mean, you know, thoughts go out to uh, those affected and injured by the uh, complete fucking nutcases that bomb things. Um, now, having said that, really, putting out a, a podcast story of, of, of this nature, and this, believe me, guys, is a, a bit of an um, adult one, it contains adult themes. Uh, I am recommending, in fact, I'm stating very clearly that if you are not 18 or over, you should not be listening to this podcast because this one will uh, probably make a few people puke. Uh, so, anyway... So, uh, a lot of things have been going on this week, and uh, mainly sleep. <laughs> I don't know why I've been so bloody sleepy this week, but I have. Had a fair amount of hate as well today on a uh, video that I put up, basically a comedy video about the latest iPhone app. Uh, sorry, iPhone advert, which I thought was quite funny myself. <laughs> Exchanging the iPhone for a, a Samsung Galaxy and saying that the iPhone's shit. <laughs> Well, I didn't actually say it's shit. I'm just saying, like, there's nothing you can do on it that you can't do on an Android, and the Android's half the price. So, <laughs> and please don't be Apple's bitch, you know, that sort of thing. A lot of people didn't get the joke. Uh, a lot of people have no sense of humour, which is an interesting one. It's mainly, I don't know, really, it's, it's weird. Like I've said before, either you get my sense of humour, you don't get my sense of humour, one or the other, you know. But, hey, what can I tell you? Um, another thing we started doing this week is live streaming a lot more, and um, we've now got the equipment set up. The uh, excellent XSplit broadcaster latest version has a lot of whistles and bells on it, and you can utilise them very, very quickly to go and start uh, broadcasting, streaming, and this is exactly what we've been doing. I've been doing quite a few, Dan's been doing quite a few Ustreams as well, and um, you know, it's a good thing to do. I think it's a great thing to do. But uh, anyway, so this is this week's podcast story now again i will warn you just in case you didn't get that warning from earlier you need to be 18 plus to listen to this okay this story is dark this story may uh stay with you for a while do not listen to this if you're under 18 i can't make it any plainer and as always you have an option here you have to decide really, between yourselves, whether or not you think any of this is true, any of this is based on any fact whatsoever, or whether or not the story is complete fiction. That's entirely left for you to comment. Uh, now, I will never tell you, and in fact, I will say that I am never going to admit to whether or not any of this is true or not. It could be fact, it could be fiction, it's up to you to make your own mind up. And it is quite a good game, actually, to read all the comments afterwards to find out what you thought. So anyway, guys, without further ado, here is the story of Pete. I hope you enjoy this one, guys. I'll see you on the dark side. Okay, well, let's move on with this week's podcast story. Uh, I'm just going to pop a chewing gum in for this one. <laughs> 
Um, right, okay, this is the podcast story for the 24th, Sunday the 24th. It will go up, obviously, on the website first, as I've probably already said. Um, okay, uh, this one is called Pete, and Pete is the guy's real name, the guy who is involved in this particular podcast story. There are certain stories where you think about, do I say anything about this one? How much can I embellish this? How much do I have to tone this down? Sometimes a lot of all of those. This one, uh, you're going to get kind of warts and all, really, because it kind of paints a picture about human nature that uh, can sometimes surprise us all. Certainly Pete surprised me, without a doubt. Okay, so let's... Uh, Let's go right back to the beginning. The, um, I never knew Pete uh, when I was kind of messing around with the boys. He, he wasn't part of our clique. Um, he was, uh, I'd never even heard his name before. And all of a sudden, kind of somebody uh, mentioned him as the uh, idiot cousin of somebody. And, you know, we, we're talking now, we're going back 20 years again to a time when, you know, we, we as guys thought we were all fucking heroes, right? I mean, we did. We thought we were invincible. We fucked around with the cops. We fucked around with uh, women. We fucked around with the law. Uh, we just fucked around, <laughs> basically. <laughs> but um, occasionally, you know, um, things, things like this did happen. And uh, I, I guess that's where Pete comes into this. He was referred to by uh, a, a guy that used to hang around with us. I wouldn't say he was a fantastic friend of mine. He was um, uh, he was more a friend of one of the guys we hung around with. But he'd, he'd turn up on a Friday night, get pissed with us. Quiet lad. Um, wasn't much of a womanizer. He, he wasn't particularly uh, into uh, very many things. He worked in a, a little car shop in Coventry, which was uh, like a car spares place. Uh, which was a little place opposite a hospital. And um, uh, occasionally he'd be useful for making up number plates for us and things like that. So, you know, that's that's pretty much how we knew him. I mean, he wasn't adverse to bending the law on the odd occasion. He certainly never broke it. I mean, the number plates he got for us, he never robbed them. He always paid for them. Um, but obviously you had to have documentation to get number plates and that sort of thing would be overlooked. So, <laughs> you know, he... He was he was okay as a you know one of the boys really he's, you know you know one of the background guys he never stood apart from anyone, but he came to us and was talking to us about this uh, cousin of his, as he referred to him the idiot cousin Pete, and we were saying you know he was he started to tell us this story right about um, how uh, his family were going on holiday right f the following week, and. Uh, He'd already had his cousin on the phone saying, like, you know, when you come down, can you help me out with a problem? And, uh, you know, we've we kind of gone, yeah, so, so what sort of problem? Does he want you to go and kick somebody's head in or something? And he was like, yeah, well, that, that's what I thought. But, um, you know, he went on to say that he's got a bit of a problem with his girlfriend's, um, his girlfriend's ex who seems to think that it's okay to go round her house and smack her around the face every now and then. And uh, he couldn't handle it, right? This guy, Pete, couldn't handle it. 
So he was saying, anyway, this this mate of ours, he was saying, like, I'll go down there, but I ain't kind of getting him into any fisticuffs. It's his fucking problem, not mine. So uh, we all kind of said to him, you know, but if you need us down there for a day trip, give us a shout, you know, and we'll we'll take a trip down. Now, from where we were, it's about six hours drive down to Cornwall. Certainly wasn't those days. Um, you know, we didn't have the motorways then. So, uh, you know, the M42 wasn't built <laughs> for a start. I think it was just, was it just being built or it had just been? I can't remember. But anyway, um we said to him, you know, if you go down, give us a shout. If you need, uh, if you need anyone, you know, we'll we'll take a day trip. So anyway, we said, you know, it's not a major issue, but you know, give us a shout. We wouldn't mind. I mean, you know, Cornwall's a really nice place. I've been on holiday to Cornwall since I was a nipper, and um, you know, all the all the wonderful places we're in and around Cornwall and Devon. You know, that I'd really like to go back to even now. Actually, I mean, I've never taken Dan to Cornwall. I'd love to go and do that, but opportunity never seems to arise really we went to the isle of Wight once it was like going back in time but this was uh this was as i say 20 years ago uh when things were definitely a lot different anyway we didn't hear anything right at all for a week and we knew that he was away because he wasn't coming with us to the pub right so and we didn't hear anything while he was there he was there for a week he gets back and uh you know, we said to him, how'd you get on with your idiot cousin? And he went, fuck me, that's that's just not good. Um, and I don't know what to do about it. And I said, well, what's occurring? Like, what's what's the score? He said, well, Pete asked me to do, uh, basically go around and have a word with this guy and uh, see if we couldn't, you know, do something about it. But his girlfriend was really, really concerned about it because he's a fucking nutcase. And uh, basically, he just, he won't stop, you know. And uh, he said, so what we what we did was uh, we went round to see her. Uh, this is the guy and Pete. They went round to her place before going off to his place just to let her know, look, we're going to go and deal with this and it'd be fine. When they got there, she was absolutely in fucking tears and tears and tears and had a really, really corking mark on her face. So what they did was, I mean, my mate said, right, that, that was it. I, I lost, lost the fucking plot. Just wanted to take a piece out of this guy. He said, so I, we went over to where he lives and uh, we knocked on his front door and he's there with four blokes. And so we basically say to him, look, you know... It, if you want to fucking start a war, mate, you start a war and I'll bring a team down. But if you fucking go near her again, we're basically going to remove your head from your shoulders and shit down your neck. Now, the guy laughed, apparently, at this and uh, the boys walked away from it. There was no fisticuffs. Few threats were made and they walked away from it. And then our mate went on to tell us that uh, following day... Uh, the family were going to go off and, and visit some bloody monument or something. And um, they they went out for the whole day. And when they came back, uh, there were messages for uh, Pete to ring his girlfriend, Urgent Urgent. And when he phoned the house, got no answer. So he phoned her mum and her mum says she's around here and she's in a bad way. So anyway, my mate and Pete went round to her mum's place and he'd raped her. Uh, 
and kick the shit out of her. And the first reaction was, find the cops. Find the cops. And, you know, there's got to be, you know, evidence all over the place and all that. And anyway, she, she wasn't having any of it. She, uh, as an ex, we knew that he would just say it was consensual. She wanted me to do this. She wanted me to do that. She liked it rough or whatever. And rape trials are, are fucking notorious in this country anyway for falling apart. So um, we said to, you know, our mate, well, why the fuck didn't you phone us? And he said, uh, to be honest, he said she, she was absolutely adamant that if we all just back the fuck off and shut the fuck up, that it'd all be okay. And that basically she and uh, probably with Pete would look at moving out of the area, get away from it, and just, you know, keep well out of it. So uh, we didn't like it, um, and our mate didn't like it, but you have to respect her wishes. I mean, she's the fucking victim. And we said, you know, we'd be more than happy to bring a fucking team down. More than happy to. We'll get two transit vans now, we'll fill them with guys, and we'll go around there. And we'll take this guy for a fucking walk. Um, but he was, he was adamant that she would absolutely didn't want that to happen. She was absolutely adamant about it. So anyway, we, uh, we kind of carried on doing what we were doing. And, you know, the days went past. Uh, idiot Pete was going to go off and uh, uh, look at buying a place in Wales with her. Um, he could quite happily move his job there, apparently. And she was training to be a nurse, so she could get a job anywhere. And uh, the two of them were getting ready to, you know, go and shoot off to Wales and get away from this dickhead. So anyway, um, it must have been probably about maybe three weeks, four weeks later that uh, our mate, who I'm not naming because I really, I cannot name him. He uh, said to us in the pub that uh, Pete had had a problem. Um, we said, you know, well, what, what sort of problem? He said, well, boyfriend has found out through the grapevine that her and Pete are fucking off to Wales. And so he went round to her mother's house, where she was now living, uh, basically punched her mum in the face. Um, he threw her dad out the back door and into the garden and then kicked him really heavily in the stomach and we're talking about a guy in his you know late 50s that, that you know who had health problems anyway from what we were told and he was doubled up in a shitload of pain on the uh on the the lawn at the back of the house her mum was lying in the front room with you know her face smashed and he basically made her perform a sex act upon him in front of her mother. And uh, we all just kind of said, you got, no, no, regardless of what she wants, this can't fucking happen, right? It just can't happen. 
So we decided that we would go down and deal with it and then we would do it. She wouldn't be involved. Pete wouldn't be involved. Uh, our mate wouldn't be involved. There'd be no comebacks. We'd just get in a van and go and take a visit and go and have a go at this guy. And uh, he agreed. Basically, he agreed. So we planned, following Saturday morning, we were going to take a drive down and we were going to do this fucker Saturday night. Now, somewhere between that day and the weekend, Peter got word or he'd sussed or he'd worked out that our mate was going to do something about this. And uh, our mate had kind of said to Pete, well, look, you know, regardless of, of this, you know, and her wishes and your wishes and all. And Pete went, no, no. Fuck what she wants. Do it. But not only that, I want to be there. Now, this guy wasn't a brave guy, you know. We're talking about average mister on the street, never had a fight in his life. And, you know, good school grades, uh, well brought up, good family. He was a nice guy. Bit of a thicko, apparently, um, because he was a bit kind of geeky, if you know what I mean. And that's why he was called the idiot cousin. Uh, but, you know, apart from that, I mean, the guy was just a normal bloke. So anyway, we were told, you know, our oh, Pete's in. And uh, our mate gave us the directions. He was in a car behind. We had five people in a van, in a transit. Saturday morning, loaded up, nine o'clock. Took a trip down to Cornwall. Now, as I say, in those days, the roads weren't exactly as they are now. So we uh, we took a trip all the way down to Evesham and then through... <laughs> Then off to the eventually off to the M5 and you know it was a, it was a bloody long way down anyway and uh, we got on the M5 and, and started heading down to Cornwall now as luck would have it the place we were looking for was uh, not very far away from St Ives and St Ives is literally the arse end of the world <laughs> it really is <laughs> no offence I mean St Ives is a, a lovely lovely place I remember going on there going to there on holiday once but uh, St Ives is a fucking long way away <laughs> it really is it's right down the bottom end of the country and it I mean our estimates of how long it was going to take us to get there got slightly screwed it was a long way man it was a long way and we stopped on the way anyway I, I'm guessing it must have been I guess it was about about six o'clock when we got there after we finished fucking about and uh you know we we got to roughly kind of the area that we were supposed to be going to and it was a little place just outside um saint ives um and the the directions that we had we knew kind of roughly where we were going we knew where this guy's house was and we knew you know roughly where this uh where this guy was going to be so what we did was we said, well, we're not fucking about. Let's um, let's go and pick Pete up and let's go straight there and let's go and get him. Uh, if not, we're going to be driving all night. <laughs> so anyway, plan was that we were going to drive back that day. But I mean, as it was getting late when we got there, we thought, oh, fucking hell, we're going to uh, let's just keep in the van or something or find a and b or whatever. And then, you know, we'll t tack off in the morning. Anyway, we get down to... Uh, Pete's place and uh, Pete stood there first time I ever met the guy and he had the look of a man about to commit murder 
I've seen it before. I've seen it, you know, in people's eyes before. I mean, I've met some pretty heavy fucking guys in my time. And I tell you, you can see the look. The look is distinctive. The look is, it sends out an aura. It sends out a, an atmosphere. This guy meant fucking business. And you could just see it in him. Now, we all got kind of introduced to the guy. And uh, we said to him, look, we know you're not much of a player. Well, we're not either. We're here for fucking muscle, basically, and to look hard. We're not going to take part in the fisticuffs. Um, there are three people with us who are pretty fucking heavy, and they're going to do the fisticuffs, all right? All we're there to do is to basically bundle the guy into the back of the van, and then we're going to take him for a wander. And uh, we'll go and find a cliffside somewhere, and we'll go and scare the fuck out of him. So, uh, anyway... We arrive at this house and <laughs> it was it was just fucking madness and chaos all at the same time. We got a car behind us, four guys in it, right? We got the van, five guys in it. So there are nine of us and Pete. And uh you know five five guys is enough to handle most things, but ten guys is enough to handle just about anything. So anyway, we turned up at this guy's door couple of guys stood near the back of the van um two guys went up to the uh doorbell ding dong and the door answered and i'll tell you this guy's name now right the the well can i tell you this guy's name i can't because you can fucking trace him um right okay so i won't tell you this guy's name but a guy answered the door and they went oh are you such and such and he went yeah what of it and so they grabbed the guy around his hair uh, put an arm up his back and started dragging him out of the house. He started shouting. Three other guys came out to the front door. Uh, two of them, big fuckers. <laughs> really big fuckers. And uh, at that point, five guys jump out of the car and, you know, they all go running to these other guys. Now, these other guys were taking no prisoners. There were fucking fisticuffs going everywhere. I was um, stood by the door at the back of the van. I went over to try and help, you know, with all the chaos that was going on, actually get the guy into the back of the van. So I gave him a fucking great kidney punch, just trying to calm him down a bit. And then helped the guys umph this idiot into the back of the van. And uh, these other guys were still there fighting. <coughs> um, I went back to help and... Uh, there was one of them who had, at this point, lost most of his shirt because uh, one of our guys had grabbed hold of his shirt. He pulled away from him and his shirt had ripped. And I took a swing at him. And, I, I, you know, I have to confess, uh, I missed, right? The guy kind of dipped his head backwards and I missed. And I kind of, with my own weight, I kind of fell forward. And this fucking guy kicked me. Oh, fuck, it hurt. Oh, man, did it hurt. And that got me absolutely pissed. So I'd, I literally, I stood up and the guy was being held at this point by two other guys. And I fucking smacked this wanker straight in the middle of his fucking head. And I tell you, he went down like a ton of bricks. I, I honestly thought I'd broke my hand the way I'd hit him. But fucking hell, he put me in so much pain. Anyway, two guys um, that, had, that were helping their mate 
um, get thrown back into the house well out of harm's way. And we kind of skirt back to the transit and the car. Anyway, a few of the neighbours are out, right, trying to look at what's going on. And uh, one of the neighbours, who looked like a fucking fisherman, I mean, the, the, this guy was like a brick shit house as well. He was stood right between me and the fucking van, and I thought, oh, shit. And I, I, I just, like, put my hands up and went, look, I don't want any trouble, mate. And he went, no, no, you carry on, help yourself, fucking kill the cunt. <laughs> like, fucking hell. This guy is obviously very popular with his neighbours. So anyway... We flung him in the back of... Uh, sorry, we, I flung myself in the back of the van as well. Went off, screeches of brakes everywhere, and uh, we shot off. Now, we went down uh, a country road, and <laughs> we got to this um, kind of a T-junction type thing. And the problem was, when we got to the T-junction, we went the wrong way and ended up a, up a dirt path. So we carried on driving up this dirt path for about, must have been about four or five miles till we realised that it was it was only going to go to a farmer's house. So we had to turn around and go back again. And all the time we're thinking, oh, fucking hell, the police are going to be after us, surely. Jesus, we didn't exactly do this quietly. It took us ages to do what we had to do. So anyway, it took us a little bit of a while and we managed to get ourselves to uh, a cliff top. And, uh, well, I wouldn't say, well, I'd say it was a clifftop. I wouldn't really say it was that much of a clifftop. It was, it was fairly high, uh, you know, and he, it, Christ knows if we'd have threw him off, he'd have died. So anyway, we got him, we got him to this point. Nobody else around. I mean, no buildings, no nothing for miles around us. Absolutely, you know, nothing anywhere near us. And we opened the back doors of this van. Got him out, threw him on the floor. At this point, he'd been tied up and taped up, all right? So his legs weren't going anywhere. He'd been gaffer taped, and there was no way that he was going to do anything. And he was thrown, you know, basically he was thrown on the on the grass. And uh, everyone was out, and we all kind of stood around him. And he's shouting all sorts of abuses at us. And then fucking Pete came over. And Pete went over and just ripped that f tape straight off his mouth. And the guy went, you fucking twat. I am going to fucking kill you, you little... And he was going on, on like this. And we were kind of stood there going, mate, have you got no fucking brain? You know, have you really got no brain? And Pete, like, said, whatever happens now, you don't interfere, yeah? Okay, can we make that clear? And we went, yeah, sure. And Pete pulled out a pair of pliers uh, from his pocket. Yeah, this is where, guys, you need to be over 18 if you're going to listen to any more of this. And I warn you, this doesn't get pretty. Uh, these pliers were kind of uh, long nose type things-ish. Now, I, I had no idea he got these things with him. And... Uh, he leaned down to where this guy was on the floor and he said to him, did you rape her? And he said, she phoned me up and asked me to come round and fuck her. She wanted a real man. And what he did, Pete this was, was push this guy over so that he was uh, face down on the dirt. He had his hands tied behind his back. And Pete pulled out one of his fingernails. I'd never seen that done before. I'd heard about it, 
you heard about it in films and stuff, but I'd never actually seen it done. Um, let me tell you how that happens. You basically, uh, you take one end of the long nose pliers and you force it underneath the fingernail so that you've got about a centimetre worth of fingernail in the pliers. And then you grip down on it and just pull. And the fingernail just comes straight off. Um, the guy screamed like a fucking pig. And we kind of looked on and he went, you guys can leave if you don't want to see this. Um, we were like going, Pete, hold on a minute, mate. You, you better be sure about what you're fucking getting into here. And he went, you can fucking leave or you can fucking stay. I don't give a fuck. And he pulled out another one of this guy's fingernails. He then turned the guy over and the guy was shouting at him about how he was going to kill him, how he was going to do this, how he was going to do that. <coughs> and Pete said, get on your knees. And he forced the guy onto his knees. Now, <laughs> there was... Um, there was a blindfold on the guy before Pete had taken it off him. Now Pete put the blindfold back on the guy. And we we're all kind of wondering, right, okay, fuck is going to go on now. Um, and Pete, basically, the guy's on his knees and he's kind of lent up and he's on his knees. And Pete took a run up and kicked the guy in his bollocks. Uh, there, was, there was a noise that was unbelievably high-pitched. It was so high-pitched, I'm amazed we could hear it. I would have thought only dogs could hear a noise like that. Uh, but the noise was hellish. It was um, kind of out of this world, really. Um, not a noise you'll ever forget. I have seen noises since, or heard noises since. I remember seeing uh, on a website once called Ogrish, which no longer exists, by the way. Somebody sent me a, a link to a video where some guy was having his head taken off. He made a noise like that. Uh, so th this guy is now in serious, serious amounts of pain. Uh, I mean, it, he didn't just take a kick in the bollocks. That That damaged him. I mean, it would have damaged him. I would imagine the guy had broken bones around his pelvis <coughs> um whichever way you look at it he was in a complete and total fucking mess and uh he's lying on the floor in that mess and so pete asked him again he said did you rape him uh, did you rape her and he was crying well there were tears coming down his eyes whether or not he was voluntarily crying but he was um, he was basically saying that uh, she she phoned me up. She wanted me around there. Uh, she liked it that way. You fucking idiot. You don't know what you're getting involved in. It's a thing we've been doing. It's a thing we've always done. You don't get it. That's the relationship we have, you know. And um, he started to tell Pete that he was just basically a pawn in a fucking uh, a game. So anyway, um, Pete then uh, asked him again. 
And uh, again, he came up with a load of excuses and Pete took another one of his fingernails. So he then asked him again. And the guy went, yes, yes, all right, all right, yes, I fucked her, yes, I fucked her. And Pete said, but did you rape her? And the guy went, yes, all right, all right. Okay. Pete then asked him why he hit her mother. And... Uh, <clears throat> The guy said, bitch went for me, nothing I could do. She just caught the back end of my... I was trying to push her away. It just kind of fucking happened. Uh, the guy was rolled over again and uh, he knew what was coming and he fucking screamed. He fucking screamed as Pete took another one of his fingernails. And the the kid was the guy was going, well, "What do you want me to say, man? What do you want me to say?" And all this lot, and he was really kind of, you know, he was really going at it. And uh, Pete just said to him, "Tell me why you hit her." So she she got in the way. She tried to protect her. She got in the way. He said, "Right, what did you do to her dad?" And he, he he then he knew what was coming, so he just came clean and said, "I I pushed him out into the back garden. He he was kept trying to get up. I kicked him." He said, "Okay." He said, "I've got a a, a message for you um, from her and her family. They haven't asked me to deliver this message, but I'm just assuming that they would like me to." And uh, he then asked us if we would um, untie his hands. Uh, we did. And we held him down. And Pete basically stamped on his hand. Uh, roughly around where the fingers meet the uh, rest of your hand. And very clearly, because fingers just don't bend that way, he broke the guy's fingers. All of them. All four fingers on his left hand were broke. Uh, that was on the first stomp. And he stomped on that guy's hand four times. Uh, I don't get queasy over shit like this. I just don't. I didn't particularly enjoy being a part of it. I didn't see the need for all of us to be there for this. And, uh, you know, the more of us that were involved, the more chance we would uh, get some real, real heavy shit had we have been caught and sent down. So uh, anyway, what can I tell you? We um, we looked at each other and Pete said, any of you guys want to leave? I've told you, just fucking go, because I ain't even started with this guy yet. And we said, right, okay, um, best thing we can do is we'll all jump the van and uh, we'll leave you with the car. And, you know, we'll meet you back at your place and uh, we'll go and find a B&B &B or whatever, or we'll drive the night, whatever. And he went, okay. 
So I was umming and ahhing as to whether or not to uh, leave this guy because I, I pretty much knew what was going to happen. Pete was going to kill him. I knew that. Um, <clears throat> you can see murderous intent in a man's eyes. Like I said earlier, I've seen it before. I've seen other people do that. I've seen other people that are capable of killing another human being without batting an eyelid because they have so much rage built up within their soul that something takes over them. Something does. But that's that's pretty much what, um, what happened. And uh, we left. Now, we got in the van and... We kind of looked at each other as we were driving away saying, are we sure we want to be fucking leaving this? Or, you know, do, do we want to be involved in this? Because, like, you're looking at 30 years apiece if this, ha if this, you know, comes on top. So we said, right, okay, the best thing that we can do, I think, is uh, stick with the plan. We changed the plates on the van. And... Uh, Basically, um, we then, we, we had some kind of stickers on the side of the van as well, which uh, it was a usual thing with us. What, what we do is we put some sticker of a plumbing company or whatever, fake plumbing company, and then just rip them off, rip the stickers off when uh, we wanted to get away from something. So different plates, no stickers. It's a different van as far as the cops are concerned. Description they've got would be totally alien to what, what we're actually driving. And uh, we did it. We we dumped the stickers, we changed the plates, um, and, you know, off we went. Uh, and we were talking about it all the way back to Pete's place. And we were, we were saying, you know, okay, look, that we have no right to interfere in what this man is about to do. Um, and we kind of all agreed that under no circumstances should this man uh, be allowed to get away with doing what he's done. Maybe if he hadn't have kicked a dad. Maybe if he hadn't have punched a mum in the face. Then maybe, maybe we'd have thought differently. But this guy was some sort of fucking animal. And then on the way back... We said, well, we're going to have a problem, aren't we? Because he's mates. And so what we decided to do was we went back and we got Pete's dad to lend us his car. We went back round, three of us went back round to the house and uh, we knocked on the front door. There were no cops around. There was nothing. We hadn't heard any sirens couldn't really work that out but there was absolutely no activity at all this door was answered and we pushed our way in and these guys were stood there going you want fucking more of this man we can give you more of it and you know where is he where is he and all this i said right okay you guys shut the fuck up and listen your friend is never coming back if you want to never come back Make a deal over this. If you want to carry on living your lives as you had before, as far as you're concerned, he left and you don't know where he's gone. All right? And they kind of looked at each other and went, you are fucking joking. So look, 
He raped her. He assaulted her mum. He put a dad in a bad way. The guy is bad news. You cannot live a life like that and expect no retribution for your actions. So, very simply, they looked at each other and they just went, okay. They knew that both of them knew that, you know, or, well, we had, we had the upper hand. I mean, we, we'd got this guy and Pete was dealing with him. <coughs> and we all knew, we all knew what was going to happen to these guys had they have uh, decided to make a triple nine call or done anything else that stupid. Once we'd finished talking to these guys and giving them enough to uh, know that their lives were without doubt in danger, we uh, took off back to Pete's house and waited for Pete. And uh, Pete came back and we basically just said, look, you best not tell us anything. And he went, yeah, okay. And we got in the car, we got in the transit and we went. And we started to drive back. Um, we were kind of expecting that all sorts of things would happen after that. We thought that, you know, we, we kind of edged our bets. We got together with some people, got ourselves a few alibis so that we were never in Cornwall on that particular day. Uh, we, you know, made sure that enough people could say we were somewhere else at the time when this guy died if he ever did die. And, um, you know, we we just edged our bets. We thought, you know, worst case scenario is, I mean, his body's got to wash up, you know, because obvious thing, thing to do is Pete's going to chuck him off a cliff uh, when he's finished with him. And uh, <clears throat> basically, um, after that, the body's going to wash up. Friends, it's going to get involved. They're going to be hair and fucking fibres all over the place. We clean the living shit out of the van and uh, we put it back to a clean sweep so there was not a print on it um, and we put the van back into storage it was it was one of the pull vehicles that we had um, obviously it was it was a rob vehicle but it was a pull vehicle that we had we pulled it out when we needed it and changed plates and stuff so anyway um, so we we cleared the car absolutely cleared it there wasn't a, a sign of anything in the car and um, we just kind of left it at that now Nothing happened for a good few weeks. Absolutely nothing. And then our mate, who uh, who was Pete's cousin, uh, came into the pub one night to see us, and he, he said, uh, I've just had Pete on the phone. I said, really? He said, yeah. He's marrying her. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Absolutely fucking brilliant. We said, and uh, did anything ever wash up? <laughs> said no but apparently apparently the tides in that area will take something like that out to sea and the sea creatures will do the rest so <laughs> he is never ever going to get found ever not a part of him is ever going to come back and there's not a part of him that hasn't already been eaten by something out in the ocean and so we said well did he ever tell you you know, has he told you anything? And he said, the only thing he said was that, uh, yeah, he agreed, you know, he admitted that the guy 
is now dead. And uh, he also said, when I asked him, how long did you torture the guy for? He said, well, various parts of him were removed before he went in the sea. And he was awake when that was done. I've never... I've never witnessed torture like that. I have witnessed torture. I mean, I've I've witnessed um, I've witnessed a guy a few years later, in fact, that knew something about something that somebody else wanted to know, and they put the guy in a chair and did a fucking uh, <laughs> did a reservoir of dogs on the bastard, you know, um, and kicked the shit out of him until he came up with the information that they were looking for. So I have seen people uh, get beaten into talking i've i've seen a guy who had um who basically had his bollocks constantly hit with a uh, couple of stones in a sock um until he came through with with some information but i've never i've never seen anything like that before that to me didn't make me sick it it just I don't know. It, if anything, it scared me because I thought, I thought, if that was me, I'd do that. If he'd honestly, if he'd have done that to, if he'd have done that to my bird, I'd have done that. I'd, I'd have done exactly what he's done. And I don't think, you know, talking to any of my mates, you know, I don't think any of us would have done any different had that have happened. See, people like that think that they think that there's nothing that can touch them, you know. Big lads, few big mates, and they think, you know, that they're completely fucking immortal. That that normal life, normal life rules don't doesn't apply to them. I've I've heard of stories like that before as well, and since where situations similar to that occurred and and people had various uh actions taken against them and you know when the police couldn't do the job it was down to it was down to other people to do it for them and you know there is a a kind of divine retribution about it all that i guess i guess at the end of the day is a right thing never happened now of course of course it wouldn't People don't roll like that now. Not like we did. Um, people don't have friends that, uh, that would do that sort of thing for another friend. Or even a friend's friend. Or even a friend's idiot cousin. It was amazing for me, though, to see the transition between... Or to, to hear about this great, great A guy who was a bit of a geek. Never been in a fight in his life who was all of a sudden capable of pulling somebody's fingernails out with a pair of fucking pliers. I tell you, man, you cannot judge books by their covers. Never, never underestimate anybody. Just never do it. Uh, sorry this has been a bit of a gory one, guys, but, um, you know. And as ever, it's up to you to decide whether or not any of this part of this or none of this is actually real whether this was complete fiction based on fact or complete fact and you can leave those comments 
in the YouTube version of this podcast story, which will go up on Sunday on my channel. It's um, sometimes not easy trying to tone down certain stories. This one, believe it or not, I've toned down in... Uh, if I was to tell you this story and you were sat in front of me, it, it would have been slightly more sickening than the bits you heard. I missed some of it out. And I deliberately missed that out. Um, and I think you probably thanked me for missing it out. But one day, one day these stories will be told. One day, one day, this might even make it to the big screen. And then you'll see. Without a doubt, you'll see. And it will put Reservoir Dogs to fucking shame, I'll tell you that. Guys, this has been Ken. This has been the Ken Burton Show podcast story for this week. I do hope you've enjoyed it. I will, as ever, see you on the dark side. And don't forget to leave your comments in the comments section on the YouTube version of this podcast story, which will go up on my channel on Sunday. Guys, I'll see you soon. Take care. Welcome to the world of digital sound. Shutting down all systems.